Welcome to the MVHS HealthCast. This is episode nine, and we are recording actually right on the Faxon campus this time, so nowhere too crazy, but it's still pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I have Dr. Michael Atelio with me, and I'm Millie Cotton. <laughs> yeah. And this location is probably appropriate because the focus of today is on you know us, MVHS, mm-hmm. because we have a we have a big new thing going on in our world. Yeah, we sure well, do. We have yeah. a very special guest. We actually have a new CEO. So. Yes. And her name is Darlene Stromstad. She is here with us today. So welcome to the show, Darlene. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm delighted to be here, both as your guest and as the new CEO of Mohawk Valley Health System. AKA boss, so we have to behave at least a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She seems like she's fun, though, so maybe we can go a little crazy. But if you could introduce yourself for our guests, that would be great. Right. I'm Darlene Strumstead, and uh, effective January 1st, so Mm -hmm. I shouldn't push it. I will be the new CEO of the health system. Yeah. Okay. Can you give a little background on yourself? Right. I am from North Dakota originally. I grew up seven miles from Canada and 12 miles from Montana. So every once in a while, people will say, are you from Canada? No, but I grew up very close to it. Um, So I spent the first part of my life and my career in North Dakota, and I moved to the East Coast for a job when I was very young, professional, I was 32, and I became a vice president, moved out to New Hampshire, and I've spent the last almost 30 years uh, living in the Northeast. Oh, wow. In the New England area, In the New England area. Out and about. Yeah. So... You know, here in Utica, this is probably the most important question I'll ask you all day. We have a variety of sports fans. Yes. Now, some of us are Yankees fans or Mets Mm. fans. Are you a Red Sox fan? I am a Red Sox fan. And it's important for you to understand that I have spent the last year as an interim CEO Mm -hmm. on Boylston Avenue at an organization called Fenway Health. And I look at Fenway <laughs> Park from my office. Which oh. is a beautiful bar, ballpark, by the way. Yes, yes. Have you been? I have. Yeah, I went to the Pearl Jam concert there a few months oh. ago. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. it's been fun to be there this summer with all of the activity and the parade last mm-hmm. week, which was really fun to watch. Yeah. And my uh, memory of that is that all of Boston smelled like beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's fitting. But, um, you know, it, it's totally okay to be a Red Sox fan around here. There are quite a few of them. We're, we're in an interesting location, I guess, geographically, sports-wise. Yeah. But, yeah I, I knew I had to ask because yeah. that's going to be everybody's first question. My son actually got engaged on the pitcher's mound at really? Park. Really? Yes. Wow. So it runs in the family. Yeah? There you go. Yeah, I actually got, um, I've done some races through Fenway, um, mm-hmm. Spartan races that I've run. They'll do these stadium races where you actually get to go back into the dugouts and into the locker rooms and into places that you couldn't normally oh. get. Now you run through, so you don't get to see much of it, but uh, that's always one of my favorite places to go and, and run. Fenway is just beautiful. Yeah. So. So you've been fortunate, and now you get to join us here in the Mohawk Valley, which is also beautiful in its own ways. And you didn't ask me about hockey. No. Oh, well, I'm a huge hockey fan. I should have. So, well, so you, go yes, ahead. Yes, this is Utica. Well, <laughs> so I'm, uh, my undergraduate degree is from the University of North Dakota. Mm-hmm. You know, usually one of the best hockey, college hockey teams yep. in the okay. nation. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. so it's safe to say you'll be a Comets fan then? I assume that I will take that in, yes. <laughs> That's good. That's good. good. Yeah, the Comets games are a blast. Yeah. Now, you don't have a professional team that you follow? You do? Not as much, no. Okay. We're a little split in this state, too. We're sort of right in between Buffalo and downstate, mm-hmm. so get people from both ends, and a great sport. I'm yeah. glad you're here. 
So you said you came to us from Boston. That was your most recent hospital. What about before that? So before that, I was recruited into Waterbury, Connecticut as the CEO of the Greater Waterbury Health Network and Waterbury Hospital. It was a struggling inner city urban uh, hospital that needed to be stabilized and needed to figure out its its future. Mm-hmm. So I was part of the transaction team that identified potential partners and went through the very tough regulatory process in Connecticut. I know New mm-hmm. York likes to think <laughs> it is the most uh, highly regulated, but I think Connecticut yeah. probably can give you some good competition. Um, and uh, was there for almost 60 years as we transitioned that organization to a new parent company. Wow. And it was after that then um, that I became the interim in Boston. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let me check, but and you can just tell me right out if I don't get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've been essentially in healthcare leadership for right. a long time and mm-hmm. in CEO positions and all these places yes. we're talking about since is it 2005? Yep. Okay. Yeah. There we go. So, so, and you guys might be interested that I started my healthcare career in marketing and planning. Oh, yes, yes, I didn't that know is that. so cool. Yeah. yeah, really cool. And so, my undergraduate degree was in journalism, and I Mine a few too. yeah, and a <laughs> few years out of uh, college after working as a writer and an editor, I sort of stumbled into this hospital job, mm-hmm. and. Once there, I understood this is where I was going to spend the rest of my life. It mm-hmm. was working in healthcare. I just loved it. And it's complicated. You know, you work with really that good people, yeah. smart people, well-intended people. So it was really, it's been a wonderful career for me. Mm-hmm. And then I later got my master's degree. But uh, my first hospital that I kind of stumbled into mm-hmm. uh, was uh going through a replacement hospital phase. So we actually built a new hospital. Wow. That was my first job. Oh, cool. And I was so fortunate to have been there and to be part of that major transformation. So I knew that my career too would always be the transformation of hospitals. So I purposely well, chose it. It chose me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. okay. And that's what I've done since. Yeah, I guess we are a really good fit. In that yes, regard. we absolutely are a good fit. Yeah. So, so you got to see the what is the exterior yes. mock-up for yeah. our new building? It's beautiful. Yeah. Anything in particular you're excited about for our new hospital? The new hospital will be able to, you know, improve efficiencies in the delivery of care. Mm-hmm. You know, healthcare changes so dramatically. I think that everything we know in healthcare, in terms of the delivery of care, doubles every ten years. That's it correct. It doubles yeah. every ten years. So you think about these buildings that were built for the way we delivered health care, which now almost right. seems like, you know, the old age, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so being able to develop and d- design a new building that reflects the way we deliver care now mm-hmm. is going to be transformational. It'll increase efficiency. It increases patient safety. It will be really transformational. Yes, That's very exciting. Good. It's what a wonderful a opportunity. It. it is. It's yeah. really yeah. a wonderful opportunity, not just for healthcare here, but also for this community. Yeah, it'll be good for us to have somebody around who's done this before. Yeah, right? well, most of us, I would say, really have never undertaken a project like mm. this. You know, not a lot of new hospitals in New York State. Right. We referenced that before. Yeah. Right? So you know, to have that experience that you can bring will be invaluable as we finish this up and look towards 2022, right? Did I get that right? 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and one of my other uh, leadership jobs, I was uh, a senior VP. This was before my first CEO role, mm -hmm. and we did a, about a fifty percent replacement of the hospital, and that that was in Manchester, New Hampshire, and that too really changed the trajectory of that organization. Wow. So I can see the possibilities. Yeah. And Utica, are you excited mm -hmm. to be here? I am excited <laughs> to be here. I love community health care. And I love being close enough to the community and the patients and the employees and the medical staff. Mm -hmm. And wait, wait, wait. so you have to know who you're taking care of. You have to know how your community works, how the patients feel about the organization and each other. And for those of us that live in our communities, we're taking care of our neighbors, our families. Mm -hmm. Many of you are taking care of people you've known for years and years. So it's a very, very personal business here. I it think is. it's terrific. It is. Absolutely. You know, speaking about you know Utica community, we have a lot of traditions here in Utica. Uh, I'm curious, have you had any Utica greens yet? or a half moon cookie. <laughs> no, I have not. You have, oh my gosh, we have so much to educate you on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, so we do have some traditions here. Wait a minute, I, oh. greens, they, are they made with like garlic? Yes. yes. Okay, I did have them. Yeah. Okay. Right, during my Good. interview process, I oh. did have Thank them. Thank goodness, yes. do you remember where they were from? Sorry, I'm stumping. It was in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't remember. Don't worry, the name, we'll get it plenty of options. <laughs> 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 yeah, absolutely. But yeah. we also, let's see, we have our half moon cookies. Yes. Um, Food is a big thing around here. Yeah, well, if, you, if you hadn't yeah. been able to tell. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, getting to know you a little bit, do you have any sort of favorites, types of foods you enjoy or things you like to do? Well, I'm originally uh, from North Dakota yes. and one of the most highly concentrated places of Norwegian Lutherans in the country. Oh. Mm. And so if you've ever heard of lutefisk? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one wow. of our family's oh, favorite. I have no idea. It's like rotten cod. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, it yeah. smells bad, but it tastes really good. Yeah. yeah. It's our holiday tradition. Now that's one I don't know that I've ever seen around town, but um, no. that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. We get a lot of Italian. You know, yes. There's a lot, a lot of good of Italian. Italian. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of cultures here in Utica, yeah. though. So Another exciting thing. Yeah. yeah. We have a very diverse community. Yeah. When I moved to town, the realtor I was working with said if you're a foodie this is a great place yes. because right. all sorts of stuff. The diversity here too is very mm -hmm. interesting and exciting to me. Uh, you know being from where I grew up everyone thinks well everybody there is looks the same right? Yeah. But I grew up next to an airbase. was a small oh. radar yeah. station in this very small town so like in my fourth grade class Ten kids were, you know, Norwegian Lutheran blonde kids, and the other ten kids came from the airbase, and they came from all over the world. Yeah. So, at a very young age, having that diversity as mm -hmm. kids was just part of my being, and so I like being in ethnically diverse communities. Yeah, yeah definitely great. pick the right place. Yeah, yeah we, we certainly have that here. Mm -hmm. Tomato pie was one of the other things. Oh, we there you go, no, tomato pie. Yes, don't worry, we'll uh, load it all up. Chicken riggies. Chicken no. riggies, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to We're make overwhelming you here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of traditions here in Utica. Both Dr. Tilio and I ran the Boilermaker this year, which is, if you haven't heard of the Boilermaker, um, you will. Yes, <laughs> I have heard of it. Yeah. Okay, good. Are you a, um, a runner or? Well, it's been probably three years since I've been in a race, and that was the turkey trot. And oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a turkey trot. Nice. Yeah. I went with my family, and that was very fun, and I ended up running with one of my nieces. Well, yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. 
They have um, they have two distances for the Boilermaker. They have mm -hmm. the 15K and the 5K. And my girls ran the 5K this year. That's so. great. And they'll be doing a turkey trot, too. And then they're, they're getting into it. So maybe we'll you know, get you training with Millie and yeah. get you out there at some point <laughs> you when go. you're ready. Um, <laughs> I'm afraid that yes. Millie will be able to outrun me. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, you did a great job, though. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. So, um, you know, but we have time for Boilermaker because there's lots of other things you'll have to prepare for. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I get a lot in terms of questions as we talk about a new CEO is, you know, what's going to happen come January when you start? Mm. And, you know, and I think it'd be valuable for our listeners to hear a little bit about sort of, you know, what you see the first couple of months becoming in your time here because I guess what the feeling I get from a lot of people is everyone expects change or sudden right. change. In a position like yours, coming into a new organization like this, we really shouldn't see a lot of you know, dramatic change right. up front because honestly you have a lot to learn about us. Right. So, of course I've been doing my homework already mm -hmm. and I understand the important dates and the deadlines and those things that have to be met and how that will be worked into the work that mm -hmm. you do. But I think the most important thing when you come into a new community is to get to know it. Yeah. And people have to get to know you. And it's really important for people to be able to see you and interact with you, and that helps build trust. And without mm -hmm. building trust, you can't be very effective. So, you know, I would see my priorities as just being very visible and around, mm -hmm. first with the employees and the medical staff, and getting to understand how all of the all of the campuses, because there's more mm -hmm. than two, you know, there are many campuses. Yeah, we have a lot of locations. <clears throat> many locations, yeah. right. How And getting to know people there and meeting with them and just entering dialogues with them. Uh, and then the broader community, mm -hmm. to include civic and city leaders. I also like to wander around and talk to patients and their families. Because that's 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 th that yeah. fills your bucket, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and yeah. to hear what they think, how they feel about us, and mm -hmm. to just have that two-way conversation for them to be able to share their impressions and desires for this healthcare community with me mm -hmm. and for them to get to know a little bit about me. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like you have a, a lot of great plans for the it first It should be fun, months. right. Yeah. It is fun. It is fun. There's there's a lot of work ahead. Mm -hmm. You know, let's be real clear that there yeah. are a, there's yeah. a lot of work ahead. Yeah. But it's very exciting and, and it's exciting for me because it fits my career. Mm -hmm. It's just this is, feels like a natural fit. So I say to people, and I think I said this to you when I met you the first time, yeah. is that I have the experience that gives me perspective. Yeah. And I have had a lot of, a lot, through a lot of uh, experiences, you know, you're able to see what the issues might be, where mm -hmm. the obstacles might mm -hmm. be, yeah. but you have built then the resilience to be able to work through them. Yeah. Right. Experience is a very good teacher. And then you got to have a sense of humor, or you can't you do this. <laughs> you definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. So a sense of humor is a valuable thing. We yeah. will, well, it's not time yet, right? But we'll get to some we'll humor get to, yeah, okay. yeah, later on. But um, as all of our listeners know, we play games because Millie and I like to keep it fun. We sure do. Yes. Right. No but voice changers this time. No voice changers this time. But I do <laughs> have well, a that sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should have brought it. Uh, darn it. I do have a serious question for you. Mm -hmm. Coming from a marketing background. Right. 
Would you call yourself a tweeter or an Instagrammer? I uh, no, neither. <laughs> really serious, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. But uh, and for one very good reason. Yeah. I think that CEOs always have to <laughs> be above saying stupid things. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's great. <laughs> On tweet, that's an Instagram. Oh, you know, I don't think there's room for leadership to do that. I don't yeah. think it's funny, and I think, especially <laughs> if you're angry or short-tempered about something, yes. keep your hands off a keyboard. Yeah. Right? Because you can't take it back. Very sound advice. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I learned that very early on when I was in training, in residency. My program director taught me that. She said, go ahead and type the email. Yeah. But then go ahead and delete the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, that's the most important thing you can do. So Mm -hmm. that's very sage advice. Walk away before hitting send. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Absolutely. Well, well, you're in good hands from a social media perspective. Good. Millie and her team. I'll take take care of that for you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's really important, and I do understand, and and I do too. I I read things. Yeah. um, But I think it should be done professionally and thoughtfully and carefully. Mm -hmm. How would you describe your leadership style? So I'm very engaged with people. Um, CEOs don't do their work in isolation. Mm-hmm. You know, there is not a job of CEO that doesn't include a little bit of everybody else. I mean, we, we just can't be successful without mm-hmm. having teams of people working with us. So being able to build and share a vision with the senior team mm-hmm. and the leadership of the board and the leadership of the medical staff, that's really key to be able to get the work done. Mm-hmm. So I'm always communicating. I'm always talking to people. You know, have a journalism background. Yeah. I can, you know, type as fast as anybody, and <laughs> good, uh, you know, organize my thoughts in writing. So I, um, I like to think I'm a good communicator, but I like to engage people in the process and have them understand. So two-way conversations. Very cool. So what w- what would you say the top three words to describe yourself would be? I know that's kind of that's kind of a tall order. But oh, um, she's already been through the interview process. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say resilient. Resilient. I'm very, uh, I'm practical. Okay. Um, And I'm fun. I like that. I I like that one. Yeah. It is important. We have a tough, tough field that we work in. Mm -hmm. I've, you referenced this a little bit earlier, Darlene, but um, I've often told people that we in healthcare have the opportunity to be a part of sometimes the best parts of people's lives, new babies, things like that, but also the most challenging. So if you can't have that third trait that you mentioned to us and, yeah. and understand how to keep things light mm-hmm. in this very difficult and dynamic field, it's uh, it can be rough. So yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that one up. That's a yeah, good one. Yeah, but, but on your point, I think some of my most difficult days as a CEO, mm-hmm. where you really you know have to do a gut check <laughs> and sort of examine your own soul, are those days when we've done something wrong to a patient. Yeah and that I sit down with the patient family and talk to them about what happened. Yeah. And so I am passionate about quality care and eliminating the opportunity for heirs because it's just, um, it's painful. Yeah. And I want us to always be better than that. Well said, well said. Absolutely. We're back on the topic of fun. Oh, fun. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, that was, was I thought you know, that was, that was um, great. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. What do you do for fun, or what are you looking forward to around here to, you know, distract yourself outside of this healthcare system and this big thing you're going to help us tackle? So I like the fresh air. 
Good. And we have so lots of that. I, yes, I we do know. see that. So in the winter, I cross-country ski and snowshoe. Really? I don't downhill ski because I can't afford to have broken bones. I'm just <laughs> too busy for that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I grew up in North Dakota. It's flat, yes. you know, so I didn't learn to ski as a kid, yep. uh, downhill as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the summer, I do a lot of hiking, biking and run, walk, um, try to find things to do outside. That's I like great. to explore things. That's yeah. great, yeah. We've got a ton of great ski trails. Yeah. I, um, <coughs> no, this was a little bit before Millie's time, but I have a great story for another day about an ad campaign that featured me and several oh, of my colleagues. Wow. Yes. But I bring it up because um, my friend Dr. Adam Steger, <laughs> who's up in our Boonville office, was <laughs> photographed in pictures of him in his white coat with cross-country skis on, highlighting, you know, that was one of his hobbies, mm-hmm. one of the things that he liked That's to do. That's one of your so. favorite ad campaigns, Yes, it? we talk about it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, yeah, we'll fill you in later, but bottom line is I was featured holding a guitar that I can play a little bit at least. <laughs> do you play? Um, I yeah. do. I do. But just for fun, not in front of anybody. Um, I am not the public singer or guitarist, but... I'm curious, did you have patients coming in asking for a song after that? I did. I had, <laughs> so true story, one of the patients I took care of was an avid musician, okay. and he invited me to go play with him. I said, that's not a good idea. No one will ever listen to you again. Okay. Uh, but yeah, great, great campaign. And I'll have to tell Dr. Seegers, maybe you'll hit up some cross-country ski trails. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And I like music a lot, and I yeah. have failed at both banjo and ukulele. I took lessons in both, and I just failed it. Such interesting choices, though. Well, they're unusual instruments, right? Yeah, Yeah, but they're cool, for sure. Yeah, I've tried the ukulele, but it's it's tough. So I I played timpani when I was in high school and college. Yeah. Wow. But there's not a lot of jazz bands calling for you to come in with timpanis. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of interesting facts this morning. So, so <laughs> tell us one other super interesting thing about you. Mm-hmm. Nothing that screams off the top of your head. I mean, you've given us. I a got lot. three votes for president in 1976. Really? Yes. Oh, that's a great story. What, yeah. what do you mean? Just my explain. first presidential, the first president I could vote for, and my three college roommates went to the polls and thought we think we could do better than these candidates. And they came back and said, we voted for you. That's <laughs> so awesome. That, that is great. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I can officially say that I don't know anyone else who has had no. ballots cast in their favor for Three write-in votes, yeah. right? Yeah. That's wow. great. They, they saw the leader in you from, a, from an early age. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that, that's a great fact. I like that. That is a great fact, yeah. yeah. Um, Let's see. Do we have time for a game now? I hope so. Let's do it. Okay. So, so this is going to be fun, I hope. So we were talking a little bit before we recorded, and Darlene, you're not a healthcare TV show pop culture right. person. That's mm-hmm. okay. Neither am I. Mm-hmm. I don't think any one of the three of us really follows a lot of these shows, but I came up with a little game yeah. for us to play. Millie can chime in, too, if she feels like having some fun. But, okay. Um, Essentially, I'm going to call this one Doc, Director, or Dud. Oh, all right. Okay. So I'm going to give you three fictional TV movie doctors, uh-huh. right? And then we all know the CEOs always have to make really tough choices. So of those three, you're going to have to decide who you'd promote, so who would be like a director okay. in your institution, <coughs> who you would let stay on your staff as a regular doc, and then who you'd have to get rid of. I'll pick an easy one, I hope, to start off with, <laughs> right? So, 
with these three mm -hmm. fictional doctors, right? So Hawkeye Pierce from MASH. Oh, remember that yeah, show? I do. Right? Bones McCoy from Star Trek. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, most of us know Star yeah. Trek, right? Yeah. And then Dr. Watson from Sherlock Holmes, oh. right? Of those three, who would you promote, who would you keep, and who would you kick to the curb? Oh, boy. You know, Hawkeye I like the best, mm -hmm. but he we'll would be pro the most problematic to manage. That's <laughs> true. Right? That is very he true. He wouldn't follow the rules. <laughs> yeah. Increasingly, you know, it's important for people to follow the rules. So I would probably have to Until remove him know. right, from okay. the organization. Oh, poor Hawkeye. I yeah. know. So between the other two, then you've got uh, Bones from Star Trek and... Dr. Watson from Sherlock Holmes. Who do you think would be your director, your leader? The guy from Star Trek. Yeah? Because he can work as a team. That's I true. think the guy from Sherlock Holmes, he would be, he'd work independently and probably yeah. not well with others. That's oh. very insightful. So ins as a, yeah, so insightful, wow. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, so let me give you another group. All right, I was talking to a friend about this last night and it happened that most of the doctors I picked were all male. So she was telling me you gotta pick some oh, women doctors. Right. So I've got three women doctors for you to think about. Okay. So there is Dr. Jennifer Melfi, who was apparently the psychiatrist on the Sopranos. Not a show I really got into. But hmm. I'll leave you that one. Then Dr. Meredith Gray from Gray's Anatomy. That's probably one that you're a little bit familiar with, mm -hmm. And then Dr. Michaela Quinn or Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Everybody right. knows that T V yep. show. Alright, so those three. Dr. Quinn, Dr. Gray, and the psychiatrist, Dr. Melfi. Psychiatrist to the Mafia. Yeah, so I don't think that the first one had any moral fiber, That's as I recall. <laughs> so <laughs> she's got to go. That's a safe statement. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, the last one is from the Pioneer. Yes. Right? Yeah, Dr. Quinn was Dr. the old, basically Old West. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she didn't ever seem to do anything wrong. I like her. Yeah. Right. That's good. And yeah. then the other one was from Grayson. I think she was sort of neurotic. Yeah. There's a lot of drama. If yeah. You can't tell so yeah. I don't have time for drama. Yeah. Right. There's too much work to be done. So yeah. So most of the people I know that watch these medical dramas, they don't watch it for the medicine, right? They watch it because, let's say, they like the actors, right? Amongst these three. Dr. Shepard from Grey's Anatomy, who everybody used to refer to as McDreamy. Yeah. All right, that's number okay. one. Um, Dr. Ross from ER, so that was George Clooney's character. Oh, uh-huh. Right? Okay. And then Dr. Richard Kimball, who was Harrison Ford in The Fugitive. He was actually a physician. Oh, right. right. Yeah. Of these, I think all three of them have been named some kind of sexiest man alive thing at some point in their career. Right. All right. Mm -hmm. Based off of their medical merits, though, what would you do with those three? Um, okay, Dr. McDreamy. What's his name again? I don't uh, really Dr. know Shepherd, who yeah. that is. I would what keep him just for his name. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Great That's for marketing point. purposes. <laughs> that is very true, Millie. Come see Dr. Yeah. McDreamy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I agree with her. Okay, good. So then you have Dr. Ross, the ER doctor. That was George Clooney. Oh, I right. like him too. Yeah? Yeah. So that would leave Dr. Kimball, Harrison Ford, the fugitive. On the curb, but honestly, if you were a fugitive from justice, rightfully or wrong, right, you gotta go. Probably not. You gotta go. Right. Yeah. Very good. Yes. All right. Well, that that was that was great. Great game. Yeah. Good job. Took a lot of thought, didn't it? Great insight into our soon-to-be new CEO. Yeah, it did. It was very it was very insightful and a lot of reasoning behind your answers, which is 
Which is great. That's good. I like it. Well, I think that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for, for being on yeah. episode nine of the HealthCast. It was yeah. such a pleasure speaking with you. Well, it was great to be here with you this morning, and I've enjoyed talking with you. And we look forward to seeing a lot more of you in the yeah. next couple of months. I'll be back yeah. on the show. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Thank and be you. sure to keep up with our social media channels. Um, so we have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and that's at MV Health System.